Did you ever skate scarily close to a deadline or miss it entirely and put it down to the fact that you're just a bit lazy? I really hope you'll listen to this episode and never call yourself that name again. This is the Self-Sabotage to Success podcast, dropping every Wednesday into your podcast platform of choice. And I am your host, Lucy Orton. I'm the anti-self-sabotage coach and a success and transformation expert. I love all things positive psychology. And I work with female purpose-led entrepreneurs to transform them from self-sabotaging, procrastinating, imposter syndrome feeling, but very, very talented business owners into the most empowered CEOs who recognize and own that talent and who move away from their self-sabotage into self-belief, which is rock solid, confidence, which is supercharged, and as a very happy byproduct into amazing business success. The Self-Sabotage to Success podcast was created to help women just like you step into your awesome because your voice is needed more than ever in this world that we live in. I am extremely thankful to have you here and if you enjoy this episode and the rest of the Self-Sabotage to Success back catalogue, then I'd love to hear from you. You can book a Self-Sabotage breakthrough call using the link bit.ly forward slash booking Lucy, which is also in the show notes. And if you got value from today's episode, you can also help the positive messages of this podcast reach even more purpose-led female entrepreneurs by leaving me a five-star rating or even better, a review on Apple Podcasts. I am so touched by every review and every message I receive. So thank you very much for doing so and for listening. Enjoy this week's show and I am championing you and your purpose-led business always. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. If you're new to self-sabotage to success, welcome. I hope that you love the episodes that I've already created for you. You'll find there's quite an archive. And I also hope that you'll find this week's episode really useful. You may have been intrigued by the title, and I wonder if the word lazy piqued your interest. Now, this week's episode of the podcast is going to feature that word a little bit, and it's a word that I really, really dislike. It's a word that we sometimes use about others, but we often can have it in those negative internal narratives that we have with ourselves. We can think of ourselves as lazy, as not productive enough, as not doing enough, And what I hope to show in this week's episode is that really when we think like that, not only is it counterproductive, but also we are not questioning really at the heart of it whether we are doing enough, we are questioning whether we are enough. So I want to burst some of those myths around laziness and particularly to get rid of that connection between the times that we procrastinate and the issues we have with our productivity being in any way linked to being lazy. I'm going to be talking to you about what's going on instead and I'm going to be talking to you about the 
best way of overcoming procrastination and productivity issues. Now, in terms of the structure of today's show, I'm going to be talking about procrastination and productivity issues. I'm going to begin with a reminder. I'm going to talk to you about that in one moment. After my reminder, my warning, if if you will, about how to be kind to yourself, we'll come back to that in a moment. I'm going to be talking about the bad rep of procrastination, about why it isn't necessarily always a bad thing and how it is rarely, if ever, an issue in its own right. It's always linked to something else, something deeper, something more internal. Next, I'm going to be talking about what it is that procrastination issues and wider productivity issues link to, what causes them, what really lies beneath. After that exploration of what lies beneath procrastination and productivity issues, I hope that you'll be willing to join me in terms of banishing the label of lazy when thinking about yourself and your purpose-led work. I want to really rip up that idea in our minds that we are lazy or in some way deficient when actually it may be that we just need some mindset tweaks to help us on our way. And finally, I will finish the podcast episode with some tips to increase your productivity and decrease your procrastination. And you'll find some of the themes that we talk about in today's episode if you're used to the podcast, if you're aware of my love for self-compassion and positive psychology, you'll find some of my tips familiar, but they bear repeating. So I really hope that you enjoy this week's episode of the podcast and that it gives you a real jumping off point in terms of tackling any procrastination or productivity issues you are facing without berating yourself or calling yourself names. So before we start, I promised you a reminder or perhaps a warning, a kindly warning. And that is that I want you to remember It is still 2021, just we're in November when this episode goes out, November or December, I believe. And we're still in a very difficult place. Wherever we are in the world, there are still ripples and ramifications of the 2020 pandemic. No one is away from that. Everyone is facing it in one way or another. And I want you to remember, now I've talked in the past about this being a self-care emergency. I've got an episode on us living through a self-care emergency, which I stand by. It is absolutely true. And if you find yourself not giving enough time and energy and effort to your own self-care, please do listen to that episode. I will link it in the show notes. But it is also a mindset emergency. It's a time when we are repeatedly having to dig deep. And if you've listened to my episode a few weeks back about the Stockdale paradox, that also has some really good tips about digging deep in difficult times. But the reason I bring this up today is because whenever I talk with my clients at the moment in the last year, 18 months, two weeks, about their productivity issues and their procrastination, I always want to remind them to be extra kind to themselves because we are living in pandemic times. Whatever that looks like, whatever the particular stresses and strains are that it places on you, it needs to be in your mind when you are giving yourself, and I hope doling out lashings of, self-compassion. 
So I just wanted to begin with that. I am not about to begin a diatribe or a lecture about getting up early, doing more, pushing more, hustling more, because that is not what I believe is going to help you in your purpose-led business. But let's jump on with the rest of the show because it's going to be a great one. And first of all, let's talk about that bad reputation of procrastination and whether it's really merited. So procrastination is one of those subjects that people will roll their eyes and say, oh my goodness, I am such a procrastinator. I am terrible procrastinator. I'm awful. And they will dig straight into the negative connotations surrounding procrastination. Now, as a coach who works with people to steer away from procrastination, I am all for the tools and the techniques that you can use to make your workday more effective with less staring into the abyss or putting off the jobs you hate. So I have lots of tools that I talk to clients about, like eating the frog and getting things done. And I even have a guide about ditching procrastination. Again, there's always a link to that in my show notes. It's totally free if you want to sign up and get that guide. However, all that having been said, procrastination is not always the bad guy and it's really worth bearing this in mind. It's something that's been really insightful for clients when I've talked to them about it and this is specifically related to certain types of procrastination and a very interesting piece of research or several pieces of research that have been done on the other side of procrastination, which is sometimes procrastinating serves an amazing purpose. Sometimes procrastinating can actually lead to our best ideas. It can lead to us thinking more deeply and it can lead to a process called incubation. Now, when I've spoken to clients in the past about this, some of them have had real light bulb moments at this point because they've said, that is what I'm doing. I do leave things till the last minute, but when I do the work, it's great. It's high quality. And part of that is that perhaps I thought about it for a bit longer than I meant to. I had a few sleepless nights. Now, I don't want to encourage sleepless nights, but I had a few sleepless nights where on reflection, I think I was getting to the root of the problem and solving it in a new and perhaps more efficient and effective way. And that is absolutely the process of incubation. And to delve into this idea of incubation in a little bit more detail, it's really interesting because it's all about that difference between Being a true procrastinator where you're doing the laundry or polishing the ivories or doing whatever it is that is not the work that needs to be done or whether you are putting things on the back burner. Now, the back burner mentality can be really, really helpful because it creates that time and space to think and dream and wonder about something which might need that extra bit of time or input. And it can actually be a bit of a strength. So what I wanted to do at the offset of this episode is to suggest that procrastination in itself is not an issue and sometimes it can even be useful. But it's when procrastination is becoming awkward or really unhelpful with your workload that we need to look at it more carefully and to think what it is that is really the issue here. 
because it is never just procrastination, as I said in the introduction. It always links to those other self-saboteurs and the ways in which we can push past those give us the key to understanding how we work best and creating the most productive work life for ourselves. Now, sometimes I get some resistance from clients about this who say, no, 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 I just need some tools to stop myself, you know, going off and doing the laundry or watching something on my phone or doom scrolling on Facebook. Give me the tips and tools to just mean that I am no longer a procrastinator. And I always push back and say, it's not about that. I can give you the tools, but if we don't fix what lies beneath what really is sabotaging your efforts then we are not going to control the issue. We're not going to get your productivity to the level that you want it to be. And that's because procrastination always masks many other forms of self-sabotage. Self-sabotage, which is when we fight against ourselves from achieving those goals that we deeply, deeply want to achieve, is always at the heart of our procrastination Unless, to use my caveat from before, we're doing that back burner incubation style of leaving things till the last minute. So what do I mean by self-sabotage? Well, if you're new to the podcast, then you may not have heard me talk about the things I'm going to mention now. But if you've been listening for any length of time, these self-saboteurs will be really familiar to you. One of the biggest self-saboteurs that is behind procrastination, it's a real culprit for procrastination, is perfectionism. And that's because when we have that fear of getting things wrong, that fear of failure, and that fear of a false start, then what's the easiest solution? It's just to not do it. It's to put it off. It's to say in your mind, there wasn't time. I did something else first, or I created another job for myself to do to avoid that thing. Because deep rootedly, there's an issue around, I can't do this. If it's not perfect, then what is the point? And you know that perfectionism, anti-perfectionism is something I'm deeply passionate about. Getting rid of that feeling that we need to have some kind of ideal end state actually embracing failure rather than fearing it can lead us to become much less likely to procrastinate. I know that I am a bit of a non-procrastinator and partly that is wrapped up in thinking, if I just do it, what's the worst that's going to happen? And actually, what is the best that's going to happen? I can really push myself forward with that because I don't fear failure. I know that if I fail, I will use it as a teachable moment to use the cliched phrase. I will learn from it and I will grow from it. There are many other self-saboteurs that are beneath procrastination. One of them is really linked to that perfectionism and fear of failure. And it's fear of the judgment of others. If I do this, what will other people think? Now, oftentimes the act of what we're doing, we might be being more visible. We might be creating something to put out into the world, like a podcast or going to do a talk or we're going to do a pitch. But actually in reality, no one is going to judge us. That fear of judgment, which I've talked about before as well, is actually the fear of ourselves judging ourselves. And we can be the, our absolutely most harshest critics. So being able to burst past that fear of judgment and recognize that when we procrastinate, often we are merely worrying about what other people might think. And the majority of the time, they're not even looking or listening or or paying attention. 
that can be really empowering to get rid of that. And the first step in getting rid of it is recognizing that the vast majority of the time, it is ourselves who are creating that narrative and creating that story. Another form of procrastination, another self-saboteur that links heavily to procrastination is overthinking. When we start to get into the minutiae, we aren't able to just make those steps and do those bold first forays into what it is we want to achieve. When we can get rid of overthinking and not scratch that mosquito by itch of over putting something over and over in your mind, then we can take more decisive action. We can give things a go and we can face the consequences if that first step that wasn't overthought was not the correct one after all. So overthinking is a really important self-saboteur that links to procrastination. It's where a lot of procrastination time gets wasted. Also, feeling like an imposter can force us to procrastinate. It's missing that deadline on applying for that funding or going to pitch for that particular client or signing up for that conference where you could be a speaker because you actually feel like you're not meant to be in the room. And in wanting to sabotage yourself from getting the chance to even try, you just leave it and leave it and leave it until the deadline has passed. That is a real example that I see in clients where procrastination and imposter syndrome are walking along merrily hand in hand. And what we really need to do is go in between those two saboteurs, detangle their hands and stop them ganging up on you and creating barriers between what it is that you want to do and where you are right now. So there are many other self-saboteurs that come into play when we think about procrastination. And one of the things I do with my clients is really dig deep into those underlying issues behind why they're not getting the work done that they need to get done or that they deeply want to get done. And I would say that probably the biggest culprit of procrastination issues and productivity issues and mindset issues in general is not topping up our self-esteem. So our self-esteem is at a low ebb and that means that we are less likely to push past the other saboteurs. We're more likely to give up. We're more likely to think we are just not worthy of doing that task at hand, even though we know it's going to help us with our deeply felt aims and goals and hopes for the future and for our business. So if that sounds like you and you're listening to this podcast and wanting to know how I can work with you to help you bolster and supercharge your self-esteem, then do click on the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash booking Lucy and you can book an anti-self-sabotage call with me, a self-sabotage breakthrough call in fact, and we can talk about how I can help you build your self-esteem and become that empowered CEO of your business and your life. I would absolutely love to talk to you about it. Now back to the topic at hand. We have talked about those saboteurs, the ones that are really the issue, the ones that are lying beneath your procrastination, what that is really hiding and what that's causing to happen in terms of those missed deadlines. So I want to move on now to that word that I put maybe a bit clickbait style into this podcast title, which is the word lazy. And I think it's a word that at one time or another, we've maybe all thought about ourselves, especially as talented, high-achieving, purpose-led 
entrepreneurs who deeply care in general about doing a good job and very specifically in terms of your purpose-led business, we can often admonish ourselves, tell ourselves, berate ourselves, say that we're being lazy when actually that's not what's going on at all. And if that list of self-saboteurs says something to you, hopefully what it says is, these are thinking errors. These are mindset issues. This is not something intrinsically wrong or negative about me. And actually, importantly, crucially, by calling yourself lazy or any other berating form of self-feedback, you are not helping that root cause. You are not helping yourself feel less of a perfectionist. You are not helping yourself be able to approach that failure as a learning, as something that could be a growth point for you. You are not helping yourself worry less about those around you, actually probably making yourself feel worse and therefore more prone to consider the thoughts of others as more important than the thoughts within your own mind. You're also more likely to feel like an imposter if you treat yourself and call yourself names, no matter how small or insignificant they might seem. And you're more likely to dig into that self-esteem in a negative way, to chip away at that feeling of being enough, of being worthy and of being amazing, actually. So using a label like lazy about our own output and any other iteration of that, whatever your own particular critical label of choice might be, I really suggest that you banish it when it comes to your own procrastination and productivity issues, because it is 100% counterproductive. It will literally make you less productive. (laughs) You know, the word counterproductive is so apposite in this situation, because it will make you work less well. It will make you more upset. It will make your output less inspired because when we treat ourselves badly, we absolutely cannot act in that best version of ourself space. So I completely encourage you to ditch words like that when talking about yourself. The same goes for idiot or slovenly or slacker or whatever the word is. You are not any of those things. And by calling yourself any names that are going along with that genre of uh, self-nastiness is going to have the absolute opposite effect. And to cite that word again, it will lead to counterproductivity rather than optimal productivity. Now, this leads me on to the final stage, which is if you're going to stop calling yourself lazy and stop being a kind of negative non-cheerleader in your own life, then what do you need to do to increase your productivity and decrease procrastination? Well, of course, first and foremost, it's mindset. Mindset is your biggest tool, your biggest gift and your biggest asset in terms of building your business and creating a happy and healthy and sustainable balance between your work and your life. The most important tenant of that is creating that inner voice, that champion that will help you and guide you and bolster you up 
and that will feed into supercharging your amazing self-esteem because your self-esteem is amazing. When we bolster our self-esteem and we keep it tip top and we maintain it, and I have lots of tools that I work with clients on to maintain and bolster their self-esteem, then you can do anything. You can achieve so much more because life feels limitless and you're not beating yourself up. You're keeping your energy for the work that matters and the people that matter and the fun that matters rather than wasting it on being unkind to yourself. The other thing that's really, really helpful is finding accountability partners. So whether that's a coach or a buddy or a business bestie, if you can find accountability partners, that is always going to help you increase your productivity and decrease your procrastination. Because if you tell someone else you're going to do something, well, you're halfway there. You've got to follow through. (laughs) And even I do this. I am very intentional about my productivity partners and I have a number of them for different reasons and for different parts of my business and I know that by having them on my team in my support network and in my phone in many cases I have someone who can help me keep going who can keep me moving forward faster and at the same time can keep me accountable to myself. So even someone like me who prides themselves on helping others burst past their procrastination issues, I find having accountability partners absolutely invaluable and something which really helps my performance. The other thing I would always recommend when we're thinking about decreasing procrastination and increasing productivity is find the tools that suit you. Like everything in life, one size does not fit all. So if using Pomodoro type apps on your phone isn't for you, if your pen and paper rather than Trello, or if the thought of listening to that brain music, which I absolutely love on Brain FM, to get your work done fills you with dread and you'd rather listen to a classical concerto, then you do you. The important thing is that you find the tools and the methods that suit you that work for you. And don't be led down any path of thinking there is one set way to be productive. For others, productivity might be first thing in the morning, 5am, getting up, going for a run and then working through till 10. For you, it might be that actually you quite enjoy working into the twilight hours because it suits you at this stage of your life. So being open and being authentic to who you are and what works best for you is critical in terms of your productivity. Embracing failure, as I touched on earlier, is also a mega gift in terms of increasing your productivity. It is amazing how when you switch your mindset to thinking that failure and getting things wrong and trying as a method is okay, how that can lead you to faster action and trying things that you never dreamt of just jumping in there and giving a go. Embracing failure is such a critical part of not procrastinating. So I really encourage you in ways large and small, perhaps in the next week, to embrace that failure and failing forward attitude and see how it serves you. Now, finally, before I leave this episode and stop talking about productivity and procrastination for another week, I wanted to highlight two big portions of your mindset. I mentioned mindset earlier and I talked about self-esteem, but two urgent parts of your mindset development work are your self-care and your self-compassion levels. So self-care, first and foremost, has a huge impact on your productivity. If you're not rested, 
if you're not exercising, if you're not feeling good about yourself and feeling like you deserve to be treated well, then your productivity will suffer and you'll find those behaviours of procrastinating and zoning out and staring into space increase. So I always say that you don't need an excuse for self-care, but by taking part in self-care, by giving yourself those breaks and pauses and moments of calm, whatever those look like for you, you will increase your productivity levels. So it has a brilliant knock-on effect. And I always want to bring that up, but it is super key when it comes to thinking about heightened productivity and really getting the optimal amount of work out of the time and effort that you're putting in. And self-compassion, which I just said was the other part of the final two things I wanted to mention. Giving yourself excessive amounts of self-compassion is awesome for your mindset and it's also, spoiler alert, awesome for your productivity. When you can give yourself grace for the mistakes you might make, for the deadlines you might have to ask to be extended, when you can give yourself kindness, excessive self-kindness for being yourself and having the talents and the skills that you have, but also needing to ask for help when required, will help you keep on the productivity straight and narrow. It may seem not to be connected, but it is so connected. And like self-care, a person who is nourished in terms of the story that they're telling themselves, the way that they are looking after their own sense of self and their sense of being a worthy, lovable, kind human being, is huge. It links in so positively. When we can treat ourselves with compassion and kindness, we will find that the work we produce is better, is richer, and the life that we live is calmer and more fulfilled. Remember that quote that I've told you before, but it is so important and it bears repeating, that in a society that profits from your self-doubt, liking yourself, and I say loving yourself, is a rebellious act. Remember to like yourself. Remember to give yourself self-compassion and don't get drawn into this race to the bottom idea that productivity is all about hustle and working yourself into an absolute frenzy. I guarantee you that it's not. And if you guide yourself by the principles of mindset, of self-esteem, of self-compassion and self-kindness, then you are going to also, as a wonderful byproduct, produce the most amazing work. And you know what I think about your work. We really need it in the world right now. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I will be here at the same time next week. Until then, have an awesome week with your purpose-led businesses and I will see you very soon. Bye for now. 